Hi, my name's Nick Smith, founder and creator of Part-Time Pilot. Now, after three years, five flight instructors, and over $22,000 out of my bank account, I was finally able to achieve my dream and become a private pilot. Now, I have a bachelor's and master's in aerospace engineering and over 10 years experience as a flight test engineer. So if it was that difficult for someone like me, no wonder eight out of 10 student pilots never end up becoming a pilot. So this is why I created Part-Time Pilot, and this is why I'm creating this podcast. This podcast will be your audio ground school and just another way Part-Time Pilot is making flight training easier and more consumable for you. So with over 300 students and counting that have used our content to pass the FAA private pilot exams, I hope that you can use this podcast to become the next student to do so. So thank you and I hope you enjoy listening to the Part-Time Pilot Audio Ground School Podcast. Hey pilots, it's Nick. Sorry for interrupting. We'll get to the lesson here in a little bit, but I really, really think you'll want to hear this. We're introducing a brand new scholarship. It's going to be annual thing that we're going to combine with one of our $1,000 scholarships in the spring. So if you've been following us, you know that I do four $1,000 scholarships to members of our online ground school. You have to be in the online ground school and we do four $1,000 scholarships a year out of my own pocket. Now what I'm going to do is the one in the spring around springtime, I'm going to combine that with a crowdsource GoFundMe scholarship. So basically, if you're in the online ground school and you applied to scholarship or $1,000 scholarship, you're already eligible for this one. But if you're not in the online ground school and you want to have a chance to get a scholarship, all you have to do is you have to donate $10 to the GoFundMe for the scholarship, just $10. That's all you have to do. And then you have to fill out a small application. I'll put both those links in the show notes and... I've wanted to do something like this since I very started my first Instagram and Facebook helping student pilots, and I now finally have the platform of over 11,000 followers to be able to do that. So think about it. If we get 2,000 of just just 2,000 of the 11,000 followers to sign up to do $10, right? That's $20,000 that we can give away in scholarships. And here's the really cool part. I'm not going to take any of the money. I'm going to promote it for a month beforehand, all for free, and I'm going to give it all away. The only thing that's taken out is like 3% fee from GoFundMe, but I can't help that. So it's all going to go, and again, I'm going to combine it with one of our $1,000 scholarships. So I'll start it off with the first $1,000 donation, and then to apply, you either have to be in the online ground school or you have to donate $10. And let's see how high we can get that up. It's gonna be the same deadline as the next $1,000 scholarship, which is May 14th. All right, thank you for listening. Again, check the links out in the show notes. Welcome, welcome to the Part-Time Pilot Audio Ground School Podcast. I am your host, Nick Smith, and of course, the founder and creator of Part-Time Pilot Online Ground School. Today, we are going to talk about left turning tendencies. There's four of them, so we'll probably only cover that in this episode. It's going to be a good one, and it's going to be something that you are almost guaranteed to be asked on on both your written and probably your checkride oral as well. And it's something that you are going to experience every time you take off in your aircraft. So if you have ever heard the term more right rudder, 
This is exactly why that term exists, why you need right rudder in certain situations and, and why you always need more of it. So we'll get into that. A couple announcements. One, we announce the date of our next scholarship. So our 10th ever $1,000 scholarship that we're going to be giving out. And remember, runner-ups, if we, if we like the runner-ups, if we like the application, we usually give out free online ground school so that we basically refund your online ground school cost. So it's about a value of $200 or $250 if you get the online ground school and check ride prep. So $1,000 scholarship, around a $250 scholarship. And then sometimes if we really like a third one, we'll give out a free t-shirt or sweatshirt or something like that as third place to give out something and appreciate you guys applying. So to apply, you have to be inside the online ground school. You can go to parttimepilot.com and check in, uh, click on the online ground school to learn more about that. We still have yet to have a single student pilot fail their exams or over 460 now and counting and you get lifetime access. So it's only fair that we give the money back to our students, to one of our students. So for those out there, they're like, oh, that's lame. You have to be one of your students. Well, hey, if I'm giving out money, I'm going to decide where it's going to. And I think my students deserve it the most. So you have to be a member of the online ground school. Then you have to fill out a short application. That application is linked in your welcome email. So when you sign up for the online ground school, you'll get a welcome email from us. There is an application link inside that email. If you have already signed up and you're like, I can't find that email, totally get it. Go to your dashboard, your student dashboard, go to my memberships, click on your online ground school or bundle membership, whichever one you got, click on it and then scroll down a little bit. There's a description of the membership and in there has the link to the scholarship as well. So the deadline is May 14th to apply probably a day after or maybe two days after we will announce the winner and I'll send you the money like right away. So it's going to be our 10th ever one. We do about four of them a year. So I wanted to announce that here. Also, we've been announcing a bunch of scholarships. I don't know if it's like scholarship season or what, but if, if you're on Facebook and you go for a new group called Find Ways to Pay for Flight Training, go check that out and join it because we list scholarships in there all the time. It also has a link to our free course, how to get started, become a pilot and save money. In that course, got a bunch of tips. It's, it's completely free on how to get started step-by-step, how to get started, how to get your pilot's license, all that, how to choose the right flight school, how to save money, how to avoid getting ripped off. And then it has a list that we continue to add to of scholarship opportunities throughout the year. So we're all about trying to find you guys more ways to help pay for this stuff because we know it's expensive and we want to help where we can. So this is one way that we do that. So go check that out and apply before the deadline on May 14th. All right. So with that said, that's the only announcement that I had. Thank you guys for listening. Let's get started with episode 39 on left turning tendencies. All right, so if you're following along in the online ground school, so this is another bonus of getting the online ground school. Not only can you apply for the scholarship and maybe get free ground school or $1,000, but you can, these audio lessons are going to hit even more because you'll be able to see the visuals, see the videos, and it's just going, and take the quizzes and practice tests and all that stuff. And you're gonna get the full, full experience of part-time pilot. So if you're following along, which I highly recommend, we're in section seven, fundamentals of aerodynamics. This is in your step one private pilot lessons course so this is where all our lessons are and we're on section seven fundamentals of aerodynamics and we are on lesson nine left turning tendency so without further ado let's get to it on left turning tendency during your pilot training you will hear your instructor tell you to use right rudder a lot right rudder right rudder why is this why not left rudder and why all the time well in propeller driven aircraft there are actually several factors that contribute to the aircraft yawing to the left requiring you to counteract that left yaw with some right rudder in order to keep your nose aligned the forces of torque 
gyroscopic precession, asymmetric thrust, and spiraling slipstreams all contribute to the left-turning tendency. These forces are most noticed during high power, low airspeed, high angle of attack operations. So they can always be noticed a little bit, but they're the most prominent and they all are prominent at the same time when you're in high power, low airspeed, high angle of attack operations. So can anybody out there who's listening, can you guys think of a time where you are high power, low airspeed, high angle of attack? If you're thinking takeoff, you are absolutely right. So if you've had, if you've done a takeoff lesson yet, part of your flight training, you're going to, you're guarantee you your flight instructor when you take off, they're going to say, hold in that right rudder, hold in that right rudder, more right rudder, because this is what's happening. All four of these forces are happening at the same time and are the most prominent during takeoff because again, you are high power, low airspeed, and high angle of attack. And we're going to explain why. We're going to break down each one of them and explain how they work so that you can explain this to your examiner or answer a question on the FAA written exam. So the first one I want to talk about is torque. Torque is a turning force about an axis. For pilots, torque from the propeller shaft is of importance because of the resulting force applied to the aircraft. The propeller spins about the propeller shaft, which connects to the engine at the front of the aircraft. American-made single-engine propeller aircraft have their propellers spin clockwise. This is from the pilot speed seat's perspective. So if you're sitting in the pilot seat, you're looking out, the propeller is spinning clockwise for American American-made single-engine aircraft. So according to Isaac Newton, every force has an equal and opposite force, right? Every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. We talked about these during the lift lesson, these Newton laws. So, so when the aircraft propeller spins clockwise, this makes the entire aircraft want to spin counterclockwise and roll to the left just a little bit. Even though the aircraft is much heavier, when you have high forces on that propeller while it's spinning clockwise, it does have a little bit of an effect in wanting to spin the aircraft that's Propellers connected to the propeller shaft, which is driven and spun by the engine, and that engine is bolted into the front of the aircraft. So when the propeller spins, something is wanting to go the opposite direction, according to Isaac Newton. And the reason why the aircraft just doesn't spin wildly is because the aircraft's so much heavier than the forces of that. And then you have, you know, the wings have lift forces on them, so that's also making it not spin around the propeller shaft, but you still get a little bit of reaction. And here in the online ground school, we have a really easy picture of what this is. We have the action in blue arrow around the propeller, and then we have a reaction of the aircraft sort of wanting to spin or roll. So we talked about how this is mostly the left turning tendency is mostly a yaw. Well, it's not quite all yawing effect. Some of these is a little bit of a left roll effect like this one, right? It wants to roll around that roll axis, that longitudinal axis for roll because of this force and reaction of the propeller base spinning. So this torque force is more of a roll force and it wants to kind of spin less of a yaw force. But when you put them all together, it comes off as a little bit of a left turn. So a little bit of a left roll and left. Okay. The next one I want to talk about is gyroscopic precession. When a force is applied to a gyroscope, the force is manifested 90 degrees ahead of where it was applied in the direction of rotation. A rotating aircraft propeller can be modeled as a gyroscope. When a force is applied at the top of a rotating propeller, from like, for instance, a pitch down movement, imagine a spinning gyroscope being gently pushed forward from someone's finger at the very top of it. That is akin to a propeller spinning around and the aircraft pitching down. You get a little force at the top, you pitch down. That's sort of the same action is happening as a gyroscope. Now, when this happens, you get a resulting force applied 90 degrees ahead of rotation. So again, we have a clockwise spinning propeller. So if you, when you pitch down, 
and that force is applied to the top, the 12 o'clock position on that spinning propeller, 90 degrees ahead of that in clockwise is gonna be at the three o'clock position. So it's going to be, when we're looking at the pilot seat, right? We're looking out at the propeller. The propeller is spinning and it's like a clock. It's spinning clockwise from 12 to three to six to nine to 12 to three to six to nine. If we pitch down, we're essentially applying a force at the 12 o'clock position. And in a spinning gyroscope, that force is actually going to result at the three o'clock position. Now, I'm not 100% sure why the physics are on this and why that happens. And I, I don't think that detail is needed for us as pilots, but there is a really cool video that demonstrates this. And it, it's on YouTube. It's really easy to find. I will put it in the show notes. It's been made by a few physics teachers. Basically, they get like a bike wheel spinning and they put it on a string and then they kind of push it and they show how it reacts. Uh, so I'll put that in the show notes. It's a great demonstration and exactly what, what we're seeing here with our spinning propeller. Okay, so this force on the right side of the propeller. So again, the effective force is at the 12 o'clock position. The resultant force is at the three o'clock position. So if we're sitting in the pilot seat, the three o'clock is on the right side of the propeller. So the force is going to be applied there, which is going to push the nose of the aircraft to the left. Okay, so that's where you get that sort of left yaw from gyroscopic precession. Pitch up or down, the effective force on, on the top, and then the resultant force is kind of on the right side and it pushes the nose to the left. The next force that contributes to left turning tendency is called, it has two names, asymmetric thrust or P factor. Asymmetric thrust or P factor is due to the shape of the airfoils on the propeller and the different angles of attack each propeller blade feels when the aircraft is pitched up. Now we have a reason for every single lesson we put in the online ground school. You know, some of these you're gonna be like, like back when we talked about weight and thrust, sometimes people come to me and they're like, why do you teach all this detail? The FA written doesn't have have any questions specifically about weight and I disagree I one I think er, any good pilot you know needs to understand the fundamentals of why things work and that's one reason why I put those in there but the other reason why there is a perfect example right here so back in the lesson on thrust a few episodes ago we talked about how the propeller blades are if you take a cross section of a propeller blade is essentially an airfoil so an airfoil again is a cross section of the wing so propellers are essentially wings that are small wings that are placed and spun in a circle. And instead of creating a lifting force that, that goes up, it creates a thrusting force that moves the aircraft forward. So it's just a, a perpendicular force to lift, but the dynamics are the same. It's an airfoil creating a pressure differential on either side. Well, if you look at a propeller blade, they're actually, they have twist to them, okay? At the root of the propeller blade, right by the nose of the aircraft, the nose cone of the aircraft, it's gonna be like a smaller cross section. It's gonna be kind of round. And then as it gets to the sort of the middle of the blade, it's gonna be its longest. And then at the end, it's gonna be come back down to like, a smaller edge, you know, smaller width, but then also you'll see that it almost like twists the shape, almost like a dihedral, like, you know, like DNA type of thing. It doesn't twist all the way around, but it's got some twist to it. So this means that the, when it's chopping through the air, no matter where you are on the propeller, whether you're close to the nose cone or you're all the way towards the tip of the propeller, or maybe you're in the middle, each location is gonna have a different angle of attack with the wind because of this twist in the shape of the propeller. So that's why that lesson on thrust is important to understand that a propeller blade is like an airfoil and it has an angle of attack. And if you remember our lesson on lift, we talked about how as the angle of attack goes up, our lift goes up, of course, until we reach the critical angle of attack where we stall. So the same thing here is with the propeller blade. If it has a high angle of attack, that means it's cutting through the air more bluntly and it's not slicing through the air thinly, I like to think of, but it's create, it's got a higher angle of attack, creating more 
thrusting force with that angle of attack and it makes the engine work more we'll get into this later but when you talk about variable pitch propellers these are all the dynamics that they talk about with variable pitch that you got to look out for you don't want to have a super high angle of attack when you have high power stuff you might overstress your aircraft so these are sort of the things we're talking about but what i want you to get from this conversation right now is that the propeller blades act as airfoils they create a force like lift but a thrusting force perpendicular to lift that makes your aircraft thrust forward because it does that it has an angle of attack so now that we've covered that let's go back to the beginning asymmetric thrust or p factor is due to the shape of the airfoils on the propeller and the different angles of attack each propeller blade feels when the aircraft is pitched up just like a wing the propeller blades are designed to cut through the air and create a lifting force just in the direction perpendicular to the lift of the wings aka thrust so when the aircraft is at a high angle of attack the forces that each side of the propeller are creating are asymmetric or in other words different they're not the same the right side of the clockwise spinning propeller when traveling down from the 12 o'clock to the three o'clock and then to the six o'clock position has a higher angle of attack. So if there's two blades, right? Sometimes there's three blades that that would be the same case, but so you got one blade on one side and one on the opposite. So as one blade is traveling from 12 to three to six, the other blade is traveling opposite of that from six to nine to 12, right? So the one that's traveling from 12 to three to six has a higher angle of attack, which is again, the angle in relation to its relative wind, than the left side blade, which is again, traveling from six to nine to 12 o'clock. And again, we're looking as our pilot's perspective from inside the cockpit. From our understanding of lift, we know that the higher angles of attack create more lift. So in the case of the propeller, the right side of the propeller is creating more propulsive force than the left side when it's going down from 12 to three to six. Again, this causes the aircraft to want to yaw left because if you have more thrust on that right side, that 12 to three to six side of our clock, when we're looking out from the pilot seat, we're getting more thrust because we have a higher angle of attack there. We're getting more thrust on that side. So it's going to want our aircraft more thrust on the right side makes our aircraft want to yaw again to the left. So that's another left yaw or left turning tendency that just adds to all of these. So one way I like to think of this is during high angles of attack, the right side of the spitting propeller is taking larger bites of air and thus getting more out of each propeller rotation than the left side. And we have a visual here that we show the direction of our propeller spinning. We show that when the aircraft is at a zero angle of attack, that both blades are symmetric, right? They're creating symmetric force when the aircraft is at a zero angle of attack. When you increase the angle of attack of the aircraft, now you have the different asymmetric thrust because because the propeller blade coming down has a higher angle of attack than the propeller blade coming up. We show that with different sized arrows showing the loads on the propeller are different depending on the angle of attack. And then we show sort of the resulting force, right? When you're in that angle of attack, you get more of a force on that right side of the propeller. So more thrust on the right side, less on the left side, which causes the aircraft to yaw to the left. Now the last one, I want to talk about the last force of the left turning tendency forces is called spiraling slipstream. For this one, visualize a boat propeller in water and the trailing spiral of bubble. The same thing is happening in the air. So, you know, we call that kind of like a wake. You're a skier or a wakeboarder or anything with boats, right? You can look back at the engine and you can see that water, that propeller spinning through the water and you can see sort of the jet streams coming off, off that water. I call it a trailing spiral of bubbles. Uh, but the same thing is happening in the air. We just can't see it. 
it. Spiraling slipstreams, this is always hard for me to say, spiraling slipstream, are vortices of air that come off the propeller and travel down and around the fuselage where it eventually comes into contact with the left side of the vertical stabilizer. So kind of hard to just hear me talk about this and visualize it. So that's why, again, this image in the online ground school really shows you get a spinning wake coming off the propeller and it sort of wraps itself around the aircraft and it hits the left side of the vertical stabilizer, almost like creating a left rudder input, which yaws the nose to the left. And I know this is crazy, like, does this always happen? No, it doesn't always happen in every situation that, that the wake just perfectly wraps itself around and hits the, the left side vertical stabilizer. But in most cases, this is where that spiraling slipstream is going to hit on the aircraft is that sort of that left side of the aircraft or the left side of the tail pushing that tail to the right and yawing the nose to the left and again tough to visualize so that's why we have these visualizations in here and that's why we made a video lesson on this which i will put a link in the show notes for this video lesson now this lesson went a lot quicker than i thought so i think we're gonna go ahead and start another lesson which is gonna be on adverse yaw i think we'll combine the two wasn't sure if we could do it before but hey let's go ahead and do it maybe we will have a quick break to listen to a couple things i think you guys might be interested in and then we'll get on to lesson 10 on adverse yaw hey pilots this is nick again did you guys know that part-time pilot now has a private pilot test prep book that you can buy on Amazon. It's a physical book that you can buy on Amazon to help prep for your FAA written exam. So it's like the other test prep books out there, you know, the Jepson, Asa, or the Gleam, Glim, however you pronounce it. It's just like those, but I called ours the ultimate private pilot test prep because not only does it give you a synopsis of each subject, like the cliff notes, like those other books do, and then it gives you FAA written questions to practice and quickly yourself on to prep for the test but it also goes much much further and that's why we call it the ultimate private pilot test prep book so for each subject it also has a qr code so that as you're reading it you if you want more information you can scan the qr code on your phone or your tablet and it will immediately pull up a youtube video that you can watch on the subject there's also qr codes in there for additional downloads including faa pdfs subject area checklist and more pdfs from us that you can download for free it also includes a coupon code and QR code where you can go enroll in online practice tests for free and receive the PDF version of the book completely free. All that is with simple, easy to use QR codes inside the book. And then we also, not only does it have the cliff notes of all the information, but it also includes mnemonic devices and visual aids such as diagrams, tables, and images that are labeled such as like a METAR that is labeled every single thing that is included and ciphered in the METAR or a TAF. Also the performance charts, step-by-step -step labeled steps on performance calculation charts. So it's not just cliff note bullet points. It's that plus much, much more these visual aids all in 404 pages in the ultimate private pilot test prep book. And it is only $37. So you can go check that out on Amazon. I'll put a link in the show notes. So go check it out. 
Hey pilots, it's Nick here from Part-Time Pilot. Did you guys know that you didn't have to spend $1,200 or $1,000 or even $600 to get your very own pair of headsets? Now, when I first heard of Core Headsets, Core Aviation Headsets, I heard from a friend, I had to check them out myself because he said he only got them for $100. And at the time, I was borrowing from a pair of David Clarks from my flight school, and I was borrowing these broken down they always had issues and they were always sweaty from the previous student so i was very curious i ended up getting gifted a pair of bose headsets a 1200 pair of bose headsets but i still wanted to check out a pair of core aviation headsets and i was super amazed at the amount it compared to my expensive Bose headsets and it made me think you know I was gifted those Bose headsets but I would never have especially as a student pilot bought something so expensive at the beginning of my training career so these are the perfect flight headsets for a student pilot or a private pilot and you can get the p1 version at coreheadset.com you get a p1 version for 109.99 right now they're having a sale and or you can get their ka1 version which i just bought another pair because i want to see what kind of updates they've made even though my previous ka1s are still working today after three years and i've never had one single com failure with them anyways the ka1s are also on sale at 194.99 you can get your brand new quality headsets and it even comes with a five-year warranty and then the best part about all of this is i already told you it's on sale and they have free shipping but you can get an additional 10% off if you use the coupon code PARTTIMEPILOT. That's PARTTIMEPILOT with no spaces. Use the coupon code to get 10% off free shipping plus the sale that they're already having for your very own quality pair of headsets that I myself highly, highly recommend for a beginner headset student pilot. So go check that out at coreheadset.com. That's core with a K, K-O-R-E-H-E-A-D-S-E-T. That's core headset.com and use the coupon code part-time pilot. I'll also put a link in the show notes. Welcome back. Let's continue on to lesson 10 of section seven in the online ground school on adverse yaw. There is an opposite yaw effect whenever you roll or bank an aircraft a certain direction, and this is called adverse yaw. It's adverse to the direction that you are going. When you roll the aircraft to the right, the left aileron goes down to create more lift and the right aileron goes up to create less lift, causing the aircraft to roll to the right. More lift on the left wing, so left wing goes up and right wing goes down with less lift on the right wing. To explain the rest, we need to use the concept of induced drag that we discussed earlier. Induced drag is a side effect of lift and is caused by spiraling vortices that move off the wingtips and in the downward direction. So the more lift you have, the more induced drag you have. Again, the more lift you have, the more induced drag you have. The less lift you have, the less induced drag you have. So when you roll the aircraft to the right, and the left aileron moves down to create more lift, it also creates more induced drag. While the right aileron is doing the exact opposite, moving up and creating less lift and less induced drag. The added effect of more drag on the left side of the aircraft causes the aircraft to yaw left when rolling to the right. The same is true for the opposite roll. So now imagine you're rolling to the right, so your right wing goes down and your left wing goes up. Now you have more lift on your left wing and less on 
right wing that's going down, the inside wing. Now you're rolling to the right, but because that outside wing has more lift, imagine just someone kind of like putting a little weight or a pulling on that wing, cause the outside wing, causing the aircraft to sort of want to yaw to the left out of the turn. That is adverse yaw. It's caused by the extra lift that you get, the more lift you get on that outside wing of the turn rather than the inside wing. So you're getting more induced drag on that side and it kind of tugs on that wing and makes your aircraft want to adverse yaw or yaw adversely to the direction of your turn. So again, adverse yaw is caused by more lift and thus more induced drag on the outside wing of a turn. In the figure here in the online ground school lesson, you can clearly and visibly see what we're talking about. So there's two aircraft that we're gonna show and I'll talk about here for you guys on the audio ground school, but we also have a video that's gonna show all this stuff, which I will link up in the show notes for you guys. So if you're not following along, we got that video for you. So you're lucky that we got that for you, but it's free. So go ahead and check that out if you need that visual after this. So we have two aircraft. We have one in a roll to the right with adverse yaw to the left and one in a roll to the left, adverse yaw to the right. All directions are relative to the pilot inside the cockpit. So roll right means roll to the pilot's right. So in the first one, we have a roll right. So when we're rolling to the right, our right wing is going to drop. That's our inside wing that's going to drop and our left wing is going to rise and that's our outside wing. We're rolling to the right, so our inside wing is the wing down on the inside of the turn on the right side of us. Now, we're rolling to the right, so our left wing is up, our outside wing is up, so it has more lift and therefore more induced drag. You got it. So it's going to want to yaw to the left in the opposite direction of the turn, and we have a visualization of that there. Now, on the second aircraft, it's the opposite. We're rolling to the left. So our left wing is our inside wing, and it's down. Our right wing is our outside wing. It's got more lift. Remember, we talked about how aircraft turn, essentially changing that lift vector in the direction of your turn by creating an imbalance of lift on one wing or the other. So we have the outside wing creating more lift. In this case, in our roll to the left, we have that's the right wing. So the right wing is our outside wing creating more lift. So it's gonna get more induced drag and it's going to want to yaw to the right, even though we're rolling to the left. So it's going to adversely yaw the opposite direction of the turn. So we show that here, we have an aircraft rolling to the left, we got that right aileron down and that right wing up, the outside wing up. We got the left aileron up and that left wing down. We're rolling to the left, but we're yawing to the right. All right, so this one might be one of those ones where a visual representation really helps you guys. So again, go check out either the online ground school images or the video in the online ground school that I'll also link up in the show notes for you guys. Okay, so that has been adverse yaw. We were able to get through that. It's a short one, but to just sort of summarize it, again, adverse yaw is all about induced drag. The more lift you have, the more induced drag you have. This goes for, you add that to the fact that when we're in a turn, we're getting different amounts of lift on each wing. On our outside wing, outside of the turn, we're getting more lift, so we're gonna have more induced drag, and that's gonna kind of tug on the aircraft and make it want to yaw in the opposite direction of the turn. That is adverse yaw. So that is, that's the summary, that's it right there. Bing, bang, boom. <laughs> if you have any questions, you can always reach out, but hopefully you guys understand that. And then also if you have more questions, go check out the video and hopefully it makes sense. All right, so in the next episode, we're going to finish up fundamentals of aerodynamics with a concept called density altitude. This is a big one to understand. 100% guaranteed you're gonna be asked about this several times to the fact where it gets annoying, but it's because a lot of students get confused about it. 
So we're going to do one episode completely on density altitude, really make sure we do some metaphors and make sure you guys understand what is happening and what exactly density altitude is. So that'll be on the next episode. Thank you guys for listening. So until next week, fly safe and I'll talk to you guys later. Hey guys, it's Nick. I want to take a second to speak directly to the student pilots out there. You might be a student pilot that is you know, wondering what to do next, how to get started, or maybe you're looking for the right ground training or flight training, or maybe you've already started ground training or flight training and you're stuck, you're in a rut, and you're looking for a change, something to help get you out of that hurdle. From my own experience in flight training, after three years, five instructors and $22,000 and wanting to quit multiple, multiple times, and then now, after seeing hundreds and hundreds of student pilots through part-time pilot, I've realized that the number one thing that makes student pilots fail is that they do not have a good fundamental understanding of the ground training when they get to the more advanced flight lessons. Now, who here has seen Top Gun Maverick? Do you remember in the movie when he says, don't think, just do? Now, when I heard this, I was like, oh my goodness, this is brilliant because this is exactly what you have to be as a pilot. Now, of course, it's not that we're not thinking, but it's that we understand things like weather, aerodynamics, what our instruments are telling us, what ATC is telling us. We have such a good core fundamental understanding of these things that we don't have to think about them. And when we don't have to think about them, we can instinctively feel and fly the aircraft, look out for dangers and avoid emergency situations. If we do have to think about these things, it's going to put us behind mentally and we're going to be behind the aircraft. And when you're behind the aircraft mentally, bad things happen. And this happens when you don't have a good understanding of the ground school content. So now the first 10 to 15 hours of your flight training can go smooth, even if you don't have a good understanding of ground training, right? You can go up for a discovery flight, have a blast. You can go up, learn how to take off, learn how to land. You may be even able to solo for the first time, fly a plane for the first time, everything's great and dandy. But once you get into, you know, bad weather flying or flying at heavy, heavily trafficked airports or speaking with ATC for Bravo clearance or cross-country flight planning and flying solo on a cross-country flight, things get a little more advanced. And when this happens and you don't have a good understanding of the ground school concepts, you're going to hit a wall. You're going to start to get behind the aircraft. And when this happens, if you have a good flight instructor, they're going to stop you and they're going to say, okay, we need to do one-on-one -on -one ground lessons. And now you're going to be paying your flight instructor to not even fly with you, but instead $50, $60, $70 an hour to just teach you the ground school content that you should already know. And, at, and the worst part is, is you're not flying with them. So the flight training that you gain, the currency, the proficiency that you gain is going to be lost and you're going to have to redo those lessons. What happens to most student pilots is they continuously hit these mental blocks where they get behind the aircraft they start making mistakes and then they catch up with the ground knowledge only to have that happen again and they start to get in this vicious cycle of having to redo trainings and repay for trainings until it gets to the point where them or their family they finally say you know what this has to stop we can no longer afford the training costs uh, without any progress you know and they end up quitting now so how do we avoid that well, here comes part-time pilot. Again, I said I went through my own experience of this and I realized that most flight training and ground training is not tailored to the modern day student pilot. And when I say modern day student pilot, I should say modern day 
part-time student pilot because let's face it, there's a very small percentage of us that can go and dedicate 24-7, 365 to our flight training or not even miss a beat and be able to pay for flight training without working. So most of us have a full-time job or maybe a part-time job. We have kids, we have family, we have school. We have all these other responsibilities on top of flight training. And most of these flight trainings and ground trainings are not tailored towards you. And so how is it the part-time pilot tailors to the modern day student pilot? Well, the first way we do that is by keeping ground school interesting. You wanna avoid being boring, you wanna avoid that burnout. So how we do that is we present our material in multiple, multiple ways. And you're actually listening to one of them right now. You can consume our content via this podcast and an audio recording. You can do this while you're running, while you're driving in traffic, again, tailoring to that busy part-time student pilot. Or you can read through our written lessons. You know, I like to read, so for those of you that like to read, you can read through the lessons, you can see the step-by-step examples and the procedures that we have. Or you can look through our study guide and see our diagrams and mnemonic devices, have that visual cue, those visual cues and aids that help further your understanding. Or you can watch our videos. Or you can take our quizzes and practice tests to reinforce what you just learned. And then finally, you can join us live weekly for our live Q&A and our live lessons so you can see in real time these things taught out and these examples done in real time. And then finally, you can utilize our group community to form study groups, get questions answered 24-7. All of this is tailored for the modern day student pilot to keep ground school interesting, keep it from being boring, keep from having that burnout, and to find ways that you can consume the content throughout your busy schedule. And guess what? It works. We've had over 350 student pilots come through, take and pass their FAA exams without a single student failing. That's right. A single student has yet to tell me that they failed either their FAA written or their FAA checkride. So that is just proof in the pudding right there that our concepts, the way we explain things in plain written English, and the way we give you multiple ways to consume this content is working. So if this sounds like something you might be interested and you want to come join us, we'd love to have you. Just go to www.parttimepilot.com, click on Online Ground School, and we'll see you inside the Online Ground School. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next week.